to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pearson. Once again, I've got Zach and Ben with me. Zach, how are you this cold and dreary evening? I'm wonderful, Pierce. How are you doing? Oh, that's good to hear. I'm doing great, Ben. How are you? Doing equally wonderful. Oh my goodness. It's good vibes for the undefeated who's bringing in the Houston Cougars Saturday for a top five matchup, a matchup that we... I, I I guess it's fair to say we're hoping would have been top two, one and two, but uh, I don't know if you guys caught that Alabama Houston game, but they oh. they they had every chance to just win and just sort of just decided not to, from what I could tell. And I know there's some foul trouble there, but anyway, we're 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 here to break that down um, because this is a huge game. I feel like it's almost a huge game that's going a little bit under the radar. Uh, I know like our, our buds Titus and Tate have talked about it frequently, but they tend to talk about Virginia frequently. And I just haven't seen a lot of, um, I don't know, other media hype or, you know, people around grounds, I feel like are like, Ooh, big game, but you know, the students are gone. You know, I just, it's the know. lack of the blue blood. Like if, if, yeah. if it was Virginia Duke, people would care, obviously. Like, but I yes. totally agree. If, yeah. if Houston, if it was one, two, like then every, I think it would be like a more obvious sort of two undefeated teams coming into this, like clash of the Titans, who's the best team in the country. But because Houston, it's also like two styles that aren't like sure. enjoyed by the vast majority, like not the vast majority, but by like the more, um, casual college basketball Casuals. fan it's Filthy also casuals. December. yeah yeah so like you know if it you know but it's all factors into that but i mean if you're listening to this podcast you're a big enough fan that you know this is a huge game and yeah. and care about it um which is good before we get to um breaking down houston though i mean um i think my biggest takeaway is is will Caden shudrick get hit in the face again because that has become a really unfortunate trend for the guy. And that is the biggest thing. I think Houston does more than anybody is <laughs> yeah. literally and figuratively hit you in the face. So uh, will he be wearing a mask for protective purposes? I don't know, but uh, let's, let's jump in and, 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 you know, get, get some idea of what we're facing for, for maybe the folks who only follow say the ACC teams and, um, might not know too much about the the Houston Cougars. Um, what what jumps off the page right away for you, Zach, uh, when you look at Houston? Yeah, um, I mean it's an elite defense. Like yeah. it, that's that's the most obvious thing that comes to mind, and it's a defense that um, can definitely limit UVA and, and can definitely get at some of their weaknesses and and sort of break down the intangibles of UVA mm-hmm. basketball. If you ever hear Tony Bennett talk in a press conference, you hear about him talking. He's talking, you know, limit turnovers. Don't, you know, don't let any other teams get offensive rebounds, all that jazz. That's what Houston is good at. Their strengths are meant to try and not meant to, but can break down UVA's strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, they're an active team. They want to put pressure on the ball. Um, they're 11th in the country per Ken Palm in steal rate, first in the country in block rate. They have two bigs who are shot blockers. They don't have a ton of size. Their uh, two bigs are six, seven, and six, eight, but they have length, they have strength and physicality to try and match UVA inside. And then their guards want 
want to put ball pressure on your guards and make it difficult for them to touch the paint. So with that being said, probably the key to this game is whether or not Reese Beekman is healthy because if Reese mm. Beekman is not in this game or not going um, full strength or at least is severely limited, then it's sort of like, okay, how can the 5'9 Kihei Clark beat this Houston defense? And it's going to become difficult for UVA. Um, and without Beekman, you'd need a massive game from Jaden Gardner, Caden Chadrick, Ben Vanderplas. Um, and so I think, yeah, the, the Houston defense is sort of like what this game is going to be about. It's going to be about the sort of clash of styles defensively. Um, I think it's very likely, Ben and I have talked about that, that this, that this is like a 55-48 game, sort of like in the 40s, 50s range. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a lot of um, high scoring, lots of shots made. Um, but I think, uh, as UVA basketball fans have come to love that. So a, a sickos matchup for yeah, truly defensive minded fans. So, um, Ben, what, what, uh, what jumped off for you? What, what are you most interested to see? Yeah. So this Houston team is actually not that great offensively so far this year. They've struggled to score the ball. They make up for it by rebounding 39% of their missed shots, which is unbelievable and mm. something that they might kill Virginia with given the issues we've seen in offensive rebounding against teams like JMU. I mean, mm. when Jerace Walker gets in the gym, that's just a whole different animal. But it's the defense, as Zach said. Um, the defense and the rebounding. I think this Houston program that Kelvin Sampson's built is very similar to Virginia's in some ways. For example, I was watching Houston, Alabama, and I saw one of the Houston guards, I forget who it was, but they blew a box out on Alabama's Brandon Miller and gave up an offensive rebound. And it was straight to the bench. Sampson told someone to get up and go take him out of the game. And hmm. I think Virginia fans are familiar with the quick hook a little bit. Most often when someone gets two fouls in the first half, but also like if someone misses an assignment, you'll see Tony yank someone up off the bench and give them a little earful. Uh, Kelvin mm -hmm. Sampson is certainly cut from that same cloth of if you don't defend and you don't rebound, you don't play. And this Houston team size-wise in terms of pure height is not massive. Uh, they certainly make up for it in terms of everyone on the court having a plus wingspan, being a plus athlete a plus defender and it is just ridiculously hard to score inside against this team against houston uh opponents are shooting 38 percent from the field inside the two-point arc and of those missed shots so it's th if you go and you take a two-pointer against houston 38 percent of them are going in the basket 41 percent of them aren't going into the basket and 21 percent of them are getting blocked by houston which is the highest number in the country so <laughs> It's just almost impossible to get a shot off inside against this game, and doubly so when your point guard is five foot nine. And it's just going to be a really tough game, specifically for the Virginia offense. I'm envisioning it's going to be like pulling teeth almost going against a team that will just frustrate everything they feel comfortable with. And if, as Zach said, Reek Beesman needs to be healthy for them to sort of be able to break this team down, and that's obviously a big question mark at this point. And the shooters have to be willing to let it fly, even if there's a hand in the face a little bit, even if it's semi-contested. Because if they don't, Virginia's just not going to get shots off against this Houston team. So, Zach, do we have any uh, inside scoop to break on uh, the podcast about Beekman's availability? I got nothing from any uh, 
quote unquote sources. Um, an Instagram video of the team in the gym yesterday showed Reese working out without Ooh. any visible um, brace. I don't know what you'd put on a hamstring, but there wasn't anything around his ankle. I couldn't see anything on his hamstring. And if he's at least in the gym, that that means that he's not, you know, in bed because he's in pain. Um, <laughs> so, so I think, listen, my in in. I don't know, indications, whatever, have not always been correct. They rarely are probably, but I mm-hmm. think that Reese plays in this game. Like, I just don't think that Reese Beekman um, with like a strain, like a hand, something small like that, I don't think that he doesn't play in a game like this. Whether he's a full go, who knows? Um, but I, I think Reese is way too tough um, for something small to keep him out of this one. And if it, if there isn't a risk of further injury, then I think, I mean, this is probably just understood, but but I, I think he's going to play in this game. It might just be a matter mm-hmm. of how able is he. Is it sort of like that Florida State game when it didn't really look like he'd get downhill? Um, so it, it's going to be a question mark. Um, if he can penetrate the Houston defense, if he can stay on Sasser, and that's obviously another key in this game, is sort of like how can those two guys go back and forth if – uh, assuming they're both at full health. Um, but yeah, I got n- nothing inside, nothing new, but I, my guess would be Reese plays in this game. All right, Ben. So have you been able to donate a hamstring to Reese? Um, I know you've offered up all kinds of medical. Yeah. Sacrifices. I've been working with, yeah, the the medical staff and I've been talking, uh, unfortunately they they declined my offer, but Man, I was getting hate on Twitter for tweets like that. People were like, oh, that might be like worse than his injured hamstring. And I'm like, wow, like I, I play <laughs> high school sports. Like I was I was sitting next to Caroline. I'm like, I'm six two. Like I think I'm his height, you know, I yeah, I'm you know, I can't jump, but it's better than nothing. Anyway. I think uh, you've you've become too too prolific on the Twitters, Zach. It's yeah. led you to constant um replies and i read the replies too much yeah no i read it yeah i I still think that i have like 200 followers and people are just being mean to me but well really this is all your that your mentor caroline's issue because she needs yeah she needs to show you the way to to not not replying not reading not not listening to the people uh firing off insults about your hamstrings man anyway yeah i know um so, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Zach, but for either of you, what's Virginia going to do without Reese? Like, let's say he, he he can't give it a go or he tries and doesn't work. Now that they've had at least some time to, you know, better plan, uh, I'm sure they always have contingency plans, but to at least game plan for this specific game around this possibility, what uh, what, what, what can you possibly try and do against one of the best defensive teams in the country? So you commit to winning 35 to 30. You burn okay. Leon Bond's red shirt. <laughs> oh, you, no. you go Kihei Clark, Leon Bond, <laughs> Ryan Dunn, Jaden Gardner, Caden Shedrick. Okay. 40 minutes. Don't let Houston score the ball. And then it's a Kihei Clark show on offense. See if he can put up 35 if you let him go to the basket every single possession. <laughs> that is the solution. That is how UVA basketball wins this game without Reese. Interesting. Um, it seems unlikely. Uh, to happen first the, the of course the roster uh decisions might be the most unlikely um secondly kihei taking every 
field goal attempt also seems unlikely. So Ben, maybe an alternative plan that that we might see Saturday. Uh, I first of all think it's interesting that if you were going to burn someone's red shirt, it wouldn't be Isaac Trout who could maybe hit some threes for you against this uh, team. Um, yeah, but, but Sasser attacking Trout after a hedge in a ball screen that might get a little ugly. Might get Speaking little of ugly. getting a little ugly, I think that's kind of going to be Virginia's strategy in this yeah. game if they don't have Reese because like. You can joke about making it 35 to 30, but Virginia's best course to winning the game, if they don't have Reese Beekman, is just to muck it up, use all 30 seconds of the shot clock, and really force the game to be played in the half court. Because without Reese, if you're turning the ball over, and Houston is very good at forcing turnovers, they have a very high live ball steal rate. Like they, They'll just get up, pressure the ball, jump passing lanes, and... I think in a way that will give the mover blocker a lot of trouble. They'll stick with guys around screens in a way that teams Virginia has played haven't been able to. All right. But I think it just has to be, we're going to hold the ball for 25 seconds. We're going to let you score four fast break points all game. And we're going to make you beat us in the half court. And we're going to bet that we can throw in enough random open threes or random Kihei looks going to the basket a random Armand Franklin taking one dribble inside the three-point arc after catching the ball, curling off a screen, taking one of those like awkward fadeaways that never <laughs> looks good but goes in 70% of the time. And we're just going to bet that we can do enough of that to get to 55 points. And we're going to hope you shoot five for 22 from three, can't get to the basket, aren't getting foul calls. Because one thing they are not good at is drawing free throws. They're uh, 304th in the country in free throw rate. So they have a lot of guys who are very athletic. But, Sorry, that yeah. was going to be my next question for you was, are they going to foul Virginia? Because we've seen this is sort of a new thing for a UVA team this year is to be very good at drawing fouls. Yeah, I think that's the other approach they could take. I worry about advantage creation in that context, because to get fouled, you have to beat someone. Yeah. And I don't see a lot of guys beating someone one-on-one for Virginia. I do think Houston, the way they play, they do pick up some cheap ones. And an easy way for Virginia to get points could be like, oh, Houston jumps to hedge a screen with 16 minutes left in the first quarter. Kihei bumps into him and like bumps backwards a little bit. And, oh, you get a cheap foul there. You get a cheap foul here. And all of a sudden you're in the bonus with nine minutes to play in the first half. And I know the guys aren't going to go foul baiting out there. That's not like going to be a coaching point. But if you can take a bump around the basket and shoot a one-on-one instead of having to play offense for 30 seconds – I'd certainly take that unless they're going to shoot free throws the way they did against JMU, in which case it's going to be really long. Right. Right. And I mean, really the player I was getting at was Gardner and that's who we saw in addition to Kihei uh, have a bit of a, a bug in the uh, free throw uh, conversions uh, against Madison. So I don't know uh, what's that matchup um, Gardner specifically look like to you, Zach. It's, I mean, it's the, the most likely guy to be guarding him is going to be Jawan Roberts. Um, and that's going to be tough because he's bigger than Gardner. Uh, at 6'7, uh, 230, he's got some of a similar build. And so I don't think that Jaden's really going to be able to bully him in the paint. Like he's not going to be able to put his shoulder into him, have him bounce off and then finish. It's going to be more sort of that touchy stuff. Like, can he hit the 11 foot, you know? can he make the shot from the, from the free throw line, hit that little pull up. Um, and, and that's what UVA needs, especially if there's no Reese, even if there is Reese, like, like, be, yeah. like Reese being 
active for this game doesn't all of a sudden make it change everything. It just means that they're going to be able to get downhill more. They're going to be able to create more stuff sort of naturally. They're not going to have to force things as much. Um, but so, so Gardner against against Roberts is tough. Um, and and so like th- that's a matchup that I think probably suits Houston in the sense that like if you're going to rely on Gardner to take a lot of shots, it's probably going to be an inefficient sort of five for 16 night for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can he hit enough of those jumpers to maybe pull Roberts out to maybe get Houston to help some. Um, and so it's tough. And, and this is why the Houston defense is so good is because each individual defender can hold their own. And then when they're all aggressive and they're all going for the ball and they can turn you over and they're not losing those individual matchups, even when they're taking risks, then it's sort of where does the offense come from? And this would be a great game for Armand Franklin to go five for seven and really light it up because we haven't seen that in a little while. We haven't really seen that since Baylor. Um, And he's been consistent. Like he's hitting two for four, two for five each game, maybe a one for five in there. But um, so he's been consistent can he be a difference maker with the shot in this game? If he can, if maybe Isaac McNeely can do that, um, then then you got some stuff working a little bit offensively. But assuming that that maybe doesn't happen, if you can't rely on that, then it's okay. Can we uh, exactly as Ben said? Where can we sort of just possession by possession find something that works? Just just sort of generate some good look and then hope that we make more shots than they do. All right. Well, we haven't talked too much about uh, Houston offensively. I do have, I brought a stat, a stat uh, to talk about, which is that Houston is 256th in the country in three pointers per game. Now, Virginia's not all that much better because of, you know, that's not adjusted for pace. Um, but Virginia shoots 40% from beyond the arc, whereas Houston only shoots for 33% from beyond the arc so clearly that's not a strength and that's often what we see teams lean into to beat virginia so potentially my point is potentially um virginia can handle houston with its own strong defense so ben what do you think um is going well or or wouldn't go well for for the who's on that side so defensively this is a lot better matchup wise for virginia than offensively which Mm -hmm. is kind of simple because houston's offense just isn't as good as their defense but also the things houston likes to do are things that i think virginia is comfortable with they'll run interestingly they run all sorts of like little iverson cuts and pop outs to try and get their guards the ball in space to go make a play which is an interesting style for a team whose guards outside of Marcus Sasser aren't really all that good. And Sasser, for his part, is an incredible player. He's been dealing with injury a little bit this season. Okay. I suppose we'll see if that affects him this game. Uh, sort of similar to Reese, although I think it's like an eye thing with Sasser. He'll probably be pretty close to 100%. But outside of Sasser, none of their guys on the perimeter are all that scary to the point where you almost want to let them be taking shots. And right. they also love to try and run like little cross screens down in the post and get the ball to guys like their freshman, Jerace Walker, who's going to be a lottery pick, super athletic, sort of six seven, six eight forward type guy, but who's not all that developed on the offensive end at this point. And the one thing their bigs are not great at is making decisions when 
you double team them or when you apply pressure, they're not great passers. And Virginia is a team that's very comfortable. Like it's part of the pack line scheme to go double down in the post and take those away. Right. So I think the things that Houston is going to want to do offensively are things Virginia is going to say, okay, you can do this. This is what we're good at taking away. And the one thing that we've seen kill Virginia in the past is teams with those like lethal catch and shoot three point shooters, especially right. on the wing. And After Houston a really doesn't right. have any of those guys. Right. So I it's a much better matchup for Virginia on that end. And the defense, like that's why I think Virginia might have a chance against this team. Houston's also put up some absolute stinkers on offense. <laughs> like they scored 49 against Kent State. They scored 53 against St. Mary's, which might remind you of another uh, highly ranked basketball team that has recently struggled offensively against inferior competition. <laughs> but it's it'll give Virginia a chance. They can stick right. in this game defensively for sure. All right. Will the arena be loud enough to make a difference though with the students on winter break? Yeah. There's <laughs> enough people still there. Ben will be in the press section screaming and shouting. I'll be we don't need to be professional. Yeah. I'm, you I'm go down to the stoic. student section. Pierce, you could be, you, you could fill it in as a student, mm-hmm. you know? No, sort of like they're, they're with like the sleeveless shirt the guns out <laughs> you know i've seen people with a hard hat you know i think that i think you could pull that off i didn't bring this up on uh last week's episode i don't think i did but uh the jmu game we sat next to the worst uva fan oh, i've yeah. ever sat next to oh it was a uva East. fan yeah, I thought yeah. This was the jmu fan no no like no there were some there were some screeching jmu fans but they were just doing their thing you know they were just being loud and obnoxious this was way above and beyond it and i don't really i'll, I'll just say it was it was hyper con- constant animated negativity of about everything on the court you know saying you went to the game with will campbell it was way worse it was it was like it 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 was it was to an absurdity of of that behavior I, i mean i wanted to turn to the guy and be like how did the umbc game not kill you you know what i mean like like i just i and this guy was old, you know older than me uh maybe you know younger middle aged so just like it has been around like but he was acting like a a, a you know a child and that's the amount of detail I'll I'll leave it at. But if you're out there listening and you you think this might be you, just just know I'm gonna eventually say something. <laughs> anyway, um, hopefully he doesn't. I don't never see him again. I was literally sitting there going like, oh my gosh, if this is someone who like our tickets are near each other, I don't know that this is sustainable. So anyway, there's my tangent. I don't love every single UVA fan, just most of them. And uh, <laughs> only the people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, I love all of you. Unless, we love all unless of you. you're listening, you that guy, and I then it doesn't make up for it. All right. Um, so we talked about the offense, we talked about the the defense, we talked about some ways that, that Virginia could attack this um and be successful, but you know, I, I want to get like a an actual impression of what you think will play out. What, um, you know, not you don't have to be super pessimistic or super optimistic, but what seems likely to you having watched certainly enough Virginia, and I think all three of us watched enough Houston. Um, what what seems likely, and we'll go. It Reese is is good. Reese, okay. 
not not Reese yeah. has the best game. I just mean Reese is fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Zach, uh, what do you think? Yeah, with that, I think this is going to be a close game, no matter what. Maybe that's obvious, but there have been some games where UVA's you know letdowns in the past couple of years against a Gonzaga, against a Houston last year. Um, I think this is a game. I think this is a low scoring game, as we've said. Um, if Reese is a full go, I think UVA wins this game at home. Um, if it's a neutral site or at Houston, maybe not. Um, but with Reese as a full go, I think you know, we haven't really touched on how to stop Sasser defensively. But if you can put Reese on Sasser for whatever, 38 minutes in this game, um, then I think you can severely limit what Houston can do offensively. If there's no Reese, then it's okay. Kihei, Armon, Ryan Dunn, throwing different people at him, trying to sort of like Carson Edwards it by throwing length and then throwing disruption at him um, where they had like Hunter and then Clark. So if you can do something similar with Dunn and Clark. And, and they Franklin, slowed down Edwards so well. So Yeah, that, exactly. Okay. <laughs> but, but that being said, Sasser, if he gets hot shooting the ball, they're screwed. Like that just, it's it sort of like if he's – Hitting from three, um, I mean, you touched on him uh, on the team from three. He's 22 for 72, which is 30.6% from three this year. So where his game is, is getting a step on a guy sort of similar right. to Reese, but he's more athletic uh, potentially and has better footwork and sort of finishing ability and, and mid-range game than Reese does. And he can draw fouls. The yeah. rest of the Houston can't, but he can draw fouls. And so if you have Reese in this game to limit that, um, and and assuming that they do put Reese on Sasser, which I think would we would all agree would be the call to make, um, then then you can really limit what Houston does on offense. Mm. So I think UVA, if Reese is a full go, wins by six or seven, sort of late pulls away, hits a couple free throws. It's closer than that throughout. Um, but I, I think UVA can very much win this game and has enough going offensively. Can sort of pull, draw from a couple different wells. Um, on offense to to win this game and then make enough stops against a, a meh Houston offense. All right. All right, Ben. I like Virginia too with a healthy Reese. Uh, to be clear, if Reese is not able to go, I think Houston wins pretty comfortably. I, mm-hmm. Virginia just doesn't have the horses. But if he's in there and you can put Reese on Marcus Sasser, you can put Kihei on Shed where he might be a little more in his element. And I really think defensively with Reese, this Virginia team matches up really, really well against Houston. And I think their issues scoring will be more lethal, I guess, than Virginia's issues scoring will be, especially because a lot of Virginia's tenets offensively of don't turn the ball over, play slow, don't let Houston get out and run, are going to get in the way of some of the sort of easy buttons that Houston can usually press to steal 10 yeah. 15 points a game and that's what they've leaned on in close games against these uh, inferior opponents plus obviously Alabama not an inferior opponent who like beat them but when they really need something it's been their defense that's been able to trigger that and i think as long as virginia isn't sort of hurting themselves offensively if they're not turning it over if they're not letting houston run out and get transition baskets it's going to be really hard for houston to score in the half court unless of as we mentioned, Marcus Sasser has a sort of Carson Edwards for two game, in which case you're going to lose by 20 and whatever. <laughs> but I, I do think home court advantage is going to matter. I guess my inside scoop in this regard is living with people who all tried to request tickets for the game. And <laughs> everyone's been able to get tickets for every game before this. 
uh, for students. Uh, this game, it was out of luck for everyone except one. So there's certainly okay. demand. Uh, students, are, like definitely people, a lot of people are home for break, but I think it will be a full student section uh, because no one can get tickets, yeah. which has been a first this year. Uh, I hope the atmosphere is good. It's always hard at 2 p.m. on a Saturday to get a good college basketball atmosphere going, but I think it'll be intense. There's a top five matchup, which is pretty exciting. And I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, give me a repeat of the JMU game. I would take Virginia 55, Houston 50. Yeah, that's not kind of what I'm thinking. Similar score there. As far as a score, that's, you know, I can handle that. But if it's because of free throw shooting, that's going to be that's going to be tough, uh, a, a tough thing to deal with for me and Mr. Negativity in the, in the arena. Um, I think Illinois is better than Houston, having watched a little bit of both of them. They um, lost to Penn State by 15. I know. I, and, I mean, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. could have lost to JMU, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, this is it's, fair. That I think having watched a little bit more than one game of both those teams, I think Illinois is a better team. Um, they have a better probably. offense for sure. I mean, they, they, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, definitely. I'll probably, you know, yeah, I regret saying all I think that. they can just throw more at you, like, yeah. than Houston can. Like, Houston is going to play their style of basketball, and that's it. Whereas against Illinois, it felt like they had sort of different guys who could threaten you, or even against Baylor, like, it was all those guards, Cryer, Flagler, uh, Keontae George, like it just felt like there were multiple ways that you could lose that game. Yeah. And this one, it feels like offensively, it's Marcus Sasser or they're scoring 50 or fewer points. Gotcha. So if you can handle Sasser, you're probably going to give yourself a, a you're, you're going to shut them down. And then all you got to do is find a way past their amazing defense. Right? I mean, granted, Shed and Mark combined for 29 against Alabama. I mean, and Shed mm-hmm. looked good in that game. So, like, it's not like they have incapable guys, but I, I think uh, Ben's point is, yeah, it's still valid. If you yeah, you stop Sasser, then, then their offense is limited. And something you both hinted at, but I'm, I think Virginia taking care of the ball is almost a given, no matter who the opponent is. You if know Reese what I mean? is playing, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And it's we know it's such a big uh, focal point for the coaching staff and and so for the players, but they also execute it. It seems like when every year, year in and year out, we get into, oh, okay, well, this is a team that tries to hurry you up and tries to force turnovers and Virginia doesn't do that. So it'll be a clash of stuff. And it's like, Virginia always wins that. They might, they might not win the game, but they win that specific battle of, of it. Then again, we've seen Virginia get uncharacteristically sloppy, you know, and, and so if that lines up against, I, I almost wonder if it's because like they're going to drill that this is that type kind of a team that they aren't going to be sloppy like they are against lesser teams from time to time. And the one get Virginia's game where they had the most turnovers last season, they turned it over 15 times was against Houston when they lost by 20. So. Yeah, but that, that 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 was a level of team. Up, I, I mean, it's a good point, but that was, I think, a, a disparity in Very rosters different, yes. that isn't the same this year. But yeah, I mean, it, they were able to do it last year. Good point, for sure. Um, we'll see. We'll see if the students are loud enough for to, for the who's. It's on the students if they lose. That's what I'm saying. Here, you you heard it first. I'm kidding. Um, I, I do have a question about being number one overall. Uh, is it true that we don't want that? 
uh, Zach. No, we should for everyone. We should want this. Okay. Listen, there's like first of all, there's like the recruiting element, and like it, it's good for the brand to have one by your name. I mean, and just like beyond that, just take it. Like you're gonna lose. UVA's gonna lose a game. You know, like wow. they're not gonna be number one in wow. two months. Wow. So use wow. that pressure because this team could be a one seed and no one on this team lost UMBC. Like I, I think it's worth being Tony number Bennett. one in the country <laughs> and dealing with the pressure and dealing All with right. the hype. And I think it's valuable for Isaac McNeely and Ryan Dunn. Like I, I think experiencing that and experiencing teams coming at you and being like, you're the number one team in the country. We're about to get, you know, a program defining win, like, you know, from other schools. And obviously we're getting through non-con now. So it's not as much the case, but still, I think it's valuable. I also think that this is well noted and well-documented, but the AP poll is broken. Um, (laughs) I get, I, I have no problem with Purdue being number one. I would have no problem with UConn being number one or Alabama, um, maybe a little bit less so Alabama, but yeah. relative to UVA um at the same time just I know Purdue had more first place votes coming into like they had eight UVA had three before this week so it makes sense that they also had more first place votes after the first two teams lost but I just like you can't they, they beat Creighton or no Nebraska who yeah yeah they're okay on the road in overtime like that that doesn't mean that they're that doesn't bump bump them up enough. They didn't yeah. beat a top five team like UVA did. And I know Purdue has some good wins. I just think that you don't the way the poll works is you gotta lose, you know, and 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 everybody bumps up. UVA didn't lose, right? They beat two uh Florida State's iffy, but Jam used a solid team without their best player. That I think is enough to then say, okay, they're number one. I know maybe their resume isn't, but it's not a ranking on the resume. Right. Like it's not like, okay, now we're going to look at the resume every week. No, it's relative to last week. That's the way this poll has always worked. Which is, is that stupid. if a team loses, it, it's stupid, yeah. but you have to stick to the system. You don't get to change Wait, the, but the system whatever bad. you want, right? Like change well, the system completely or <laughs> stick to it. Like you are don't given, change it when you want to change it. Are they given instructions? I don't know. No. But like it's just it, it's it's a no, dumb. It, I mean, I agree with you. It's idiotic that they're like, well, I can't move this team down because they didn't lose. It's like it's yeah. all based on preseason rankings. Like, no one knows. UVA anything, probably right? should have, other than than Houston and Texas losing, probably should have dropped in the poll after those FSU and JMU games. Mm-hmm. But that's not the precedent for the last. <laughs> decade whatever number of decades this poll has been in place we should want to see it change because we're saying that it's yes okay so but yes but don't change it just to spite us you know like change it they're changing it this is an interesting road (laughs) okay but there's logic here because they've Listen, I think Purdue and UConn are better teams at UVA right now. Also, UConn beat Alabama by 15. Yes, so, no, this no, is Alabama, Alabama can't no, be number one. one I knew that they, there yeah. was a game that I was like, wait, there's a reason I can't, right. I don't want Alabama to be one. Um, yeah. But 
I don't know. I, I it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't I don't care. I wanted the clicks of us being number one. I had the story written. I told it was gonna you, be perfect. Write an anti yukon story, know, and I your Twitter is gonna explode with ads. It already revenue. was when I was when I tweeted that out about UVA. Like, will probably yeah, be yeah. But you got to get it on the site. Which so. I got the interactions on. You know, we've got to bait they, these stupid UConn fans. Yeah, UConn doesn't deserve to be site. number three. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, those uh, are my collection of thoughts all right well that was a lot of thoughts ben um does virginia want to be number one do virginia fans want the team to be number one is a better fans don't but they're cowards (laughs) it's so like it's so dumb to care about like oh oh we're we're the number two team right now so miami on the 20th is just gonna lay down and let virginia roll over them on the road but no no Eats Houston and jumps to number one, all of us getting their best shot. I mean, it's like so much for a try. I do think there's like a little target on back if you're number one. Yeah. With Auburn last year, I remember most of all, like they sort of jumped and they stayed there mid season and they were in some close games. And then someone finally got them and then they kind of limped into the tournament and then kind of bowed out unceremoniously. I, I, but I don't know how much that had to do with them being the number one team. I think the outcome that I will be rooting for this weekend is Virginia beating Houston by like five, Purdue beating Davidson on Saturday by like 35, and then Purdue staying number one, because I think that would be really funny. (laughs) Um, But in terms of how much it matters, I don't really care about it. Yeah. Although I have to side with Zach in that it would be good for the Twitter interactions if we were number one, so I will be rooting for it. Well, and I the think site clicks, man. Like if we put number one Virginia handles yeah. number, like I know, yeah, yeah, that's why we wanted Houston it, to be it, number one and UVA to be two. But yeah, it's good for the program to have that branding. I think the target is basically the same, though. And I'm thinking back to being a fan of a middle of the road team. Did it matter when Duke came to town if they were number one Duke or number three Duke? No. That was like to me, that's like it's top five Duke. And yeah, Duke's more hateable than Virginia, I hope, still. But uh, you know what I mean? Like I I I don't know. I think I think it's a 10 out of 10 hype train for the if the cream of the, the conference crop is in town as far as having a target and getting the best shot. And that's a good thing, like you said, Zach. So um yeah, I'm for Virginia getting as much publicity uh as as we want because we've already seen the worst case scenario <laughs> we made it through and won a title let's just keep being highly regarded and highly talked about and if you keep winning that's what's going to happen i don't want to i don't want to stay at number isn't it amazing that we're having this conversation though it's crazy can I mean, we talk about like the, I mean, how long the ago NIT. were we talking about north texas being like a bad match right exactly <laughs> it's, uh, it, like we came in and I, I say yeah last week we came in going this has to work this edition needs to do this and this has to work and so far yeah they've been close games but i mean they're freaking undefeated it's worked and yeah. to about as best mm-hmm. as you could hope for and they could still be the 15th best team in the country like it, it's very oh, yeah, realistic yeah, like they yeah. could still you know go 14 and okay 14 and 6 is pretty good but like they could still be not a juggernaut but still like this is the conversation we're having it's still entirely possible that they're not top four acc when all is said and done i I wouldn't Uh, bet on them not being but i mean like 
hear me out everyone's uh, but like there's there are four other really good or decent enough teams in the conference and i think virginia has played exceptionally well we're all just sort of going like okay when when's the the lull you know Mm -hmm. and then hopefully we get hot again or whatever or maybe i mean we've also seen bennett teams that were just really really good all year long and it yeah and it worked in both directions yeah we've seen we've seen the end result anyway point being i don't think there's any of us expecting them to um not have some some letdowns here and there and losing a game to a team like houston really isn't a letdown particularly if your star point guard is not at 100 percent. so none of us listening to this are gonna um, be too discouraged if it doesn't work out for the who's saturday but it is an awesome opportunity for yet another statement win and thing on the resume to say hey if they do go um you know five losses in conference they've got the out of conference resume to still be considered for a top one or two depending on how everything else shakes out in the bracket tournament and we know how important it is uh in march for usually to be <laughs> to be a number one or <laughs> is, is important so lots of optimism hopefully reese is okay uh and if he isn't hopefully they just don't play him and he rests and and you know eventually becomes okay uh in acc play so uh last question do you guys see what bowl ball did to deandre hunter last night Oh God, no! Yes. So I scored twenty points in a quarter and then scored like five the rest of the way. But this dude, Bull Bull, had one of the craziest spin moves I've seen that because play was of unbelievable. how tall he is and length he is, and it, it, it just froze DeAndre and then dunked on some other Hawks thereafter. It was it was a nasty highlight. So uh, I don't mean to bring up one of my degenerate gambler friends is a huge Magic fan this year because uh, of. Some- um, I don't know. He took some dumb futures some, bet. Some or futures bet. He made. <laughs> but right. I don't. I don't know why he's a sicko Magic fan, but, but he is for some reason super, super into them. And I got like 15 texts from him last night during the first half of that game because the Magic were up 52 at the end of the yeah. first quarter. It's yeah. the second highest scoring first quarter in NBA history, yeah. and it's the freaking Orlando oh Magic. And then in the second quarter, Bull Bull goes and does that. Yeah. I mean. I, not even, that was a team effort. That wasn't just DeAndre Hunter getting. No, no, no. Hunter was, was just the first guy, and then and then the rest of them got posted. He went through yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> I, yeah, it, that it, might have been the best day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to talk um, when we have more time on a, another episode about the who's in the NBA because it's been a great year for for Hunter for Murphy, um, and uh, we've got uh, a, a whole roster of them to to go through and brag about. So we'll get to that soon. But we're out of time for this week. So um, uh, for everybody at the blog, make sure you're giving Zach the clicks uh, that he is so desperate for. Uh, for me, if you could give us a rating on the podcast, I always appreciate those. But uh, stay tuned for more pre-Houston coverage and post-Houston coverage. And hopefully we are back next week talking about uh, undefeated Virginia basketball team still. But until then, for everybody streaking the line, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. <laughs>